You're listening to the Who's Driving Your Car podcast, episode 24. Welcome to the Who's Driving Your Car podcast, where we discuss not only who or what might be driving your life, but also the great views and experiences along the way. Do you drive in the fast lane like my wife, or do you feel like you're stuck in first gear? You only get one life to live, and it can be either a total wreck or a beautiful cruise into the sunset. We are three friends that have collectively experienced almost anything that could possibly happen in this crazy world. And we'll be discussing our personal reflections and experiences, so hopefully you can avoid running out of gas and truly enjoy the wind blowing in your hair. So hop on in with us for a little road trip called life, and let's discuss who's driving your car. Aye! Welcome back to Who's Driving Your Car, episode 24. 24. All right, guys, on today's topic, we will be discussing service. Um, Overarching, that could be serving others, serving people in your family, your significant other, maybe at work, maybe even the stranger you don't know on the side of the street. Um, So we thought it'd be a good topic. We also have a special guest with us today, mayor here in Lake Charles, Nick Hunter, who's going to be along for the ride with us and going to uh, give us several thoughts on, on how he became a mayor and some of the things he's been doing in the community, along with um, a new project going on here in Southwest Louisiana, Port Wonder, um, which is a partnership between the Children's Museum here in Lake Charles and Wildlife and Fisheries. So we're coming to everyone today from the Children's Museum um, here in Lake Charles, which is a very big part of of all our lives. Um, Nick and Greg have children. I do not have any children yet, but um, have served on the board for many years and it's a, a special part to my heart as well. So we thought it would be a nice um, thing to do this week, topic-wise, location-wise, and we appreciate everyone listening in. Also, before we get started, we do not have John here. What happened to John, Matt? John, unfortunately, is doing some kid coverage right now at home um, due to the time, et cetera, that we had to film today He is uh, or record today. He's at home with some kid coverage, and his stepson, Flatsuki Biscuit, a.k.a. his son, is graduating tonight um so shout out to him for that and craig your daughter just graduated this morning huh yeah for sure so uh challenging times as you know most of the seniors in 2020 have uh it's been a challenge you you kind of look forward to this time when you graduate and all the festivities and things that surround that that uh that milestone so it's been uh it's been a challenge but a lot of a lot of great things have come from it and even the weather's challenged the graduation at least at my daughter's school but we were able to have that this morning um, in an outdoor uh, stadium setting uh, with plenty of social distancing. And it was just really special for them to actually have that opportunity, which I don't think would have been there a month ago when nobody was getting together. So even though we went through that, we're coming together. And it was interesting to see the resiliency. So a lot of these seniors, they've kind of accepted that, that, that emotional letdown, that burden, that challenge. It's like, look, you know, let's take this opportunity to look for the positive. So there's a lot of uh, talk about, you know, turning you know lemons into lemonade like we've said before on a <laughs> podcast so it was it was cool and it's kind of surreal because i i mean i literally remember graduating high school and it seems like it wasn't yeah it was like yesterday <laughs> i mean really you start to remember more of your life from like high school on definitely college so really spooky i don't know what i'm doing with it with an 18 year old but it was wild it is pretty wild and you should be proud of that man oh, that's you, man. uh that's good stuff also a little lesson in perseverance uh was supposed to go down last night but some weather issues so 
uh, kind of prevailing, which is symbolic for what's kind of going on in the world today, persevering <laughs> through the virus and whatnot. Uh, but yeah, we, we miss our buddy John today. Uh, we're going to try to do our best um, in his way. Craig will even sign us off today, which, which ought to be interesting in and of itself as well. Um, okay, Craig, what do you think on service, man? You got any thoughts on that, what, what service means to you? I thought it was a great topic, and I can't wait to get to our special guest because I can't think of a better um, person to, to represent service. Um, you know, looking at the dictionary, what, I, what they say is service is a noun. One definition is the action of helping or doing work for someone. So I think we all serve in some capacity in our daily life. So when I think of service, you know, the first thing I think of is, you know, my service to my family. You know, I'm married with children, my wife. You know, I serve them uh, as a husband and father. And, you know, it's one of those things I think you do without expecting something in return when you're truly doing it for the right reason. You're doing it out of, out of love, out of wanting, uh, to improve, uh, the experience for others. Um, you know, our, our careers are in the service industry. Granted it's our profession, but I feel like it does allow us to give back what we've been trained to do or what we've learned in life and in helping others, you know, with a, you know, something they're going through legally, something they're going through medically, uh, in the experience they have of living in their community. So I think that, and when you mentioned service, I could see a lot of different facets, um, around that topic. Yeah, man, I think those are all great examples. And I'm really excited about our guest today who we're about to flip it over to, to give us his thoughts. Um, I think a couple things came to my mind is serving the Lord. Um, you know, using our gifts, talents, abilities that we have to, uh, to serve the Lord uh, in our best way possible. And that could be helping our fellow brother and sister out, obviously, in any of the magnitudes that, that you just mentioned, Craig, which is, I think, pretty cool. And one of my life's mysteries, or I guess challenges, not really mysteries, it is a mystery somewhat, is serving John. And John's not here today, <laughs> but um, I think that's something I have to do, keeping him in line all the time and, and telling him you're welcome for, for great opportunities like this podcast. Um, so he's one of the people I would, would also agree or put in the, um, boat of serving, but yeah, I think it is a good topic. Uh, serving people can be very humbling. I think that, uh, we learned on the, the retreat that we've mentioned several times, the acts retreat, um, especially the people who are putting on the retreat, serving other people. So there's other ways that you can do that as well. Absolutely. Okay. Without further ado, we're going to flip it over to, uh, our mayor here, Nick Hunter. Uh, Nick, how you doing today, buddy? I'm good, guys. Matthew, Craig, thank you for the invitation. I'm honored. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, man, I, I'm excited to have you on, and uh, it's kind of a small world in some ways. One of your good friends, Sean Corcoran, came on with us a few episodes back. Yeah, that was really a low point for you guys. Uh, <laughs> I felt like I had to come and redeem what Sean did and uh, you know, try and bring back a little um, some respect to your podcast after you had someone like Sean Corcoran on. So that's that's what I'm here to do. Bring you guys back up to a respectable level. Yeah, we, we want to be at that level. No doubt, man. And uh, and I'm excited to have you on, Nick. I consider you a friend. I've, I've got I've known you for a while, all the way back to, I guess, my sister. You and my sister. Yeah, went to me and Shelly went to Queen of, Our Lady Queen of Heaven together. Yeah, back in the gap, wow, man. That's um, awesome. And yeah, I've gotten to know you a lot over the years with the museum. We'll talk about the project here a little bit. Um, but I appreciate our friendship and, and happy to have you on today. Do you want to tell uh, maybe our listeners a little bit about yourself, man? Sure. Uh, born and bred here in Lake Charles, and I love Lake Charles. I love this community. We say it a lot, and unfortunately, it gets to be cliche sometimes, but I really think we have one of the best communities in the world here in southwest Louisiana. I love the people here. 
And I've never just, you know, getting actually a little bit right into service, I've never seen a, uh, a need or uh, something that was a call out to the community where the community didn't respond. So um, raised in a restaurant family, a uh, very small family, started working when I was young and uh, was okay with that. A lot of work ethic, I think, was instilled on me by my grandmother who was really uh, probably my biggest maternal figure was my grandmother, Mrs. Hunter, uh, growing up. And she was the biggest influence on my life growing up. And the, uh, you know, the restaurant was a great opportunity to meet a lot of people, learn about life. You know, we don't have mandatory military service in the U.S., I think we ought to have mandatory one summer working at a restaurant for everybody because you can learn a lot. Oh, yeah. So restaurant was a great experience. Loved it. Uh, And then when I got to be 20, I relocated the restaurant and uh, was studying at McNeese. Originally went into business. They have a great college of business over at McNeese. But I was really inspired by my history classes. And... I knew that the restaurant was something I was going to do for a while. So if I was going to go get a college degree, I kind of wanted it to be something that I really enjoyed and something that inspired me to get up and go to school. And I just loved my history classes. I finally got to the point where I couldn't take them anymore because they were electives and it was just wasting my time. So I said, man, I'm just going to switch my major. So I switched my major to history and got a history degree, started studying um, Louisiana political history at McNeese. And that's probably what got me first interested in public service, was seeing some of the colorful characters in Louisiana's political history who got things done. Sometimes, I don't know if the means always justify the ends, but I kind of said to myself, if some of these guys can do this, I think I could do it too. And I wrote my senior thesis on a guy named Earl Long, who was Huey Long's brother, who I actually found, and still today find, more fascinating than Huey Long. And I remember listening to a recording of his speeches and thinking there's no way that these were real because the words he was using, you know, the way he was talking, it was just like something out of a movie. And so that kind of got me inspired. And so kind of dipped my toes in the water with the Couch Parish Police Jury. It was a great experience. I'm glad I started there. It was more on the legislative side. And learned a lot in a term and a half. And then when Mayor Roach decided that he was going to retire, that job really spoke to me because I felt like it was something I could really uh, just do some long-lasting good for the city. And, um, you know, you mentioned service. So I got into politics before I was married and had kids. And I think, like many of us, you go through these different stages in your life. When I was in my early 20s, I was very concerned about uh, financial wealth. You know, I wanted money to buy things. And if I could go back and take back some of the money I wasted in my 20s, I'd probably be a very wealthy man. But um, that eventually, the high that I got off of uh, trying to accumulate wealth for myself, financial wealth, was replaced by doing things for the community. Mm-hmm. And I really started getting involved in a lot of nonprofits. I started using the restaurant to promote and raise money for nonprofits. And again, I, I use that word to, if, if you can imagine just getting a, 
a high off something. When I would uh, have a successful fundraiser at the restaurant or raise money for an organization, to me, that just made me feel so fulfilled. And it really made me feel um, just, just comforted and uh, it made me feel good. So I ran with that and uh, public service was something that I really committed to. And now I'm three years into my first term as mayor and I'm loving it. It's challenging, but I love it. And I feel like we're doing some good stuff. Oh yeah, man, a lot of good stuff. And we're gonna delve into a few of those things. And on a lighthearted topic here, Nick, I forgot to mention, we do something every week. It's a little segment called, Would You Rather? Okay. Um, so we're not going to let our listeners forget about that. So we kind of come up with a random would you rather every week. And this week's question will be this. So I'm going <laughs> to toss it out. You just respond with whatever. Again, there's no right or wrong. And then we'll kind of all pick our little minds about it. And I think this one might be pretty good for you. And it is, would you rather live in an amusement park or live in a zoo? Oh, amusement park. My, I'm a... <laughs> I'm a little kid and a nerd at heart. We, my wife and I love Disney World. Uh, we we can't wait to bring the kids. We have a trip scheduled for later this year. And in my job, what I do every day, it is really refreshing to go somewhere where your mind is just completely, uh, you know, just transported to another place. So yeah, use the park. Bring out your inner kid a little bit. I saw yes. your face light up there pretty good. That, that yeah, was pretty easy for That you. was an easy one. Yeah. <laughs> Craig, what about you, buddy? Man, I'm with Nick on this one, amusement park. We're also a Disney family and love the adventure. And yeah, I guess if you're living there, you know, regardless of whether your day was good or bad, you can mix it up. You might go ride a roller coaster, a Ferris wheel, get on something that spins you around, <laughs> takes you through some rooms. And I don't know, just that, 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 that adventure. Um, you know, zoos are cool, um, but, you know, I just got my first two dogs a year ago, so I'm just getting into the animals. So anyway, that's my pick. How about you, Matt? I'm rolling the zoo. It was pretty easy for me on the zoo. And we have Allison Montgomery in here right now, who's uh, the assistant director at the museum. Am I, is that right? At the museum. And um, she, we were talking about this before Nick got here. She is a fellow fan of the zoo. So I'm glad I have someone else in with me, but <laughs> I'd rather be with the animals. Um, if worse came to worse, uh, at least I would have some form of communication with people. We don't know if we're by ourselves stuck in this amusement park. Also, if it unfortunately had to come to that, I would have some form of food uh, <laughs> to work off of. Y'all would be sitting there, I guess, eating what they got at the amusement park. Uh, I mean, all kinds of stuff. popcorn, um, funnel cakes. Yeah. Uh, if it's Disney, you get some high quality food. Yeah, I guess if you also have Disney too, don't they have like animals over there? I think an animal kingdom, yeah. Yeah, that's right. I've yeah. never been over there, so you, I guess theoretically we could be in the <laughs> I, best I would, of both I would jump out on a limb and say there's probably animals at animal kingdom. So. <laughs> hey, that's perfect, Nick. Safe you assumption. See, you just could, you, that's what you do. You just make fun of Matt, and, and that's perfect. That's how this goes. Um, it's filling in for John. Who needs John when we have Nick in here? Um, but yeah, that's kind of a little weekly segment we do for the, for the listeners, which we've gotten a, a lot of positive feedback on. But um, yeah, Nick, I thought that was pretty neat. And listening to you also, uh, by way of introduction, you are married, have a couple kids. Yes. Uh, married to my best friend, the smartest uh, attorney in Lake Charles, uh, the best attorney in Lake Charles, Matthew. I want you to know that. Her name is <laughs> Becky Hunter. She's my, my best friend, biggest cheerleader, and, uh, and she and I uh, have a lot of fun together. And um, I have two kids, a three-year-old son, Harrison, and a three-month-old daughter, Colette. 
And that's awesome, man. I think it's pretty neat too that you, in way by way of service, you serve your family a lot. I was talking to you just the other day, and you listed several examples of uh, to me as to when we were visiting. They came first uh, in a lot of ways. What what you think about that, man? Thoughts on service to family? Well, I mentioned a moment ago that I got into politics before I had kids and a wife, mm-hmm. so that was a very different reason for getting into politics. It was. It was more because I wanted things done because I wanted to see them done immediately. I wanted to see the change immediately. Um, Now, when I think about service, it's not only for the immediacy or the people in this room today, it's about the next generation. And people say this, but, you know, becoming a dad really changes you. And I, my priorities are so different today than they were 10 years ago. Um, I want my kids to be happy. And providing for them and providing a future for them is absolutely my first priority. I enjoy the restaurant business. I still have ownership in a restaurant here. I enjoy my job as mayor, but my family, uh, after God, my family's absolutely first. And, uh, and, and that has really made me happy. I don't think I've ever been happier in my life than I am as a dad and a husband. So, um, so it's wonderful. It's just, it's a wonderful thing. I, I'm a speaking of you know, just things that we like. I'm kind of a Star Wars nerd too. <laughs> and I was watching George Lucas give an interview one time, and this was right after he sold to Disney. So it brought him up to one of the wealthiest men in the world. And the interview at, interviewer asked him, "What did he want to be remembered for?" And his answer was, "I want to be remembered as a good dad." And that really made an impact on me. And when I think about it, that's, that's kind of what I want to be remembered for, too. I mean, being a mayor is important and being a business person is important, but I want the, my legacy for my kids to be substantial and positive. And so being a good dad and a good husband is the most important thing in my life. And that's awesome, that's awesome. and a great comment. Craig Cream. We'll flip it over to you for a second. You can kind of relate on some of what Nick's saying with wife and kids. What, what do you think about serving family? No, absolutely. I mean, Nick's spot on. At the end of this life, um, whenever we're no longer in, in service, maybe publicly, but all we have left is our families, you know, or the, the day God calls us up, you know, like Nick mentioned, you can't take a U-Haul with you. You know, you can't bring it with you. All you can bring is the love and the memories. And the experience you gave your children and your wife and your friends and families, like they can, they can hold on to that. And that's what they remember. And that's the gift you live. And that stays forever. You know, the life you touch in this world with your children and the love they give back to those, you know, and like the action treats an example, you see people that share and give and then you know, something leaves, they leave carrying something with them. That's going to touch lives way after you're gone. No doubt, man. And um, I think that's really well said by both. And our boy, John, who's not here today, did give us some, some intel. And, and he did say to give you his best, Nick. If he was here, I'm sure he would be giving you a lot harder time. I actually than, have than a little dirt on him. I, I can't share the whole story. Ooh. But oh, I remember okay. one Please uh, share whatever like you got. 3 a.m. <laughs> evening where we were uh, having karaoke at my house. And uh, I'm not going to say it, but he, he might remember the song that he chose to sing. I'll tell you after the podcast is over. Oh man, this is, this is the highlight of the day so far for me. That's, That's awesome. great. I can only imagine those, those wonderful oh, fun times. Oh man. But he did give a, a good um, Bible verse that he wanted me to share today. And it's uh, from 1 Peter uh, 4, 4 verse 10. And it says, um, everyone has received 
grace gifts. So use them to serve one another as faithful stewards of the many-colored tapestry of God's grace. Um, and I think that's a, a really well said, beautiful verse, because we all are given gifts in life um, to use and, and use them to the best of our abilities. We, we said a little prayer as we do before every podcast, and that's something we were praying about. Um, and Nick, I'm noticing you have a lot of these gifts. And, and again, we, we want to kind of delve into that a little more, and, and especially on the service side of things. But one thing I would want our listeners to get that I can take from Nick, Nick, how old are, how, how old are you? 36. And I'm finally at that age where I have to remind myself how old I am. <laughs> 36. And I always made fun it's of amazing. people when they would pause, like, you don't know how old you are, yeah. but you know, now you get in your late thirties and you start kind of forgetting how old you are. So 36. Yeah. It blurs together a lot. Um, yeah. and so Nick is a few years older than myself. And, and what I, I take a lot of, I look up to you. I say that to Craig all the time too. He's not much further ahead than you are Nick in the age realm, but you've done a lot for yourself at a young age and you haven't let that define you or what you want to get out of life. Extremely hardworking. That's something that I, I think is a gift. That is a gift people have because you can want something, but you've got to work at it. Um, can you tell the, the listeners a little bit about your journey in service through using some of those gifts, hard work, you have very good people skills, uh, making sure to use those things God gives you. Sure. Thank you for that, Matthew. Uh, but I, I will say this, I don't think what I have done is something that any other person that's really driven couldn't do. Mm -hmm. And I really think that's important to tell people because, um, going through medical school, going through law school, those are not easy tasks. And there's a lot of people that are my age that I look up to that mm -hmm. I kind of think, wow, I, you know, I'm really inspired by that. So, uh, so I appreciate what you're saying, but I, I do believe that there's a, a lot of other people out there that, that have similar journeys and that have accomplished a lot. Um, but, you know, just, just the, the inspiration that I received from individual people along my life meant a lot. Uh, again, my grandmother, Mrs. Hunter, when I was young, taught me work ethic, never made me want for anything, but made me work for everything. And she told me stories about growing up in the Great Depression that really left an impact on me. And studying history as well, I think it's important for us to have perspective that when we talk about our difficult situation that we're in today, you know, it's, it's valid for people to say, I'm, I'm in a tough spot. Absolutely. There's a lot of people out there that are in tough spots. But I challenge myself when I feel like I'm in a tough spot to look back, even in the 20th century, and see some of the things that humans overcame. I mean, we talk about World War II, the Great Depression, the Civil Rights Movement. I mean, those, those were some people that went through some very difficult situations. And even further back, I mean, I know I'm going to really sound like a nerd here, but think about George Washington crossing the Delaware. I mean, that, that was a human being that accomplished that. So I, I have a lot of faith in humanity. And along my path, I've had people that have inspired me, but also helped me. Uh, when I was 20 years old and went to open up my restaurant, I had uh, my group, I called them the Three Wise Men. And they know who they are, and they did not ask for any ownership in the restaurant, but they basically went to the bank and co-signed a note for me and made me promise I'd pay the note off. And they got some free stakes over a few years, paid the note mm -hmm. off. But, but those people throughout my life have really inspired me and helped me along the way. And I always tried to um, 
just latch on to wisdom where I could pick it up. And um, I just, I really find that if you can latch on to people that are willing to help you and latch on to people that are willing to give you advice, uh, do it and, and find the right people. And so I've been blessed. I've really been blessed to have people through my life that um, kind of gave me nudges and, and, and gave me some really great wisdom. You know, it's interesting, Nick, you, you comment those comments, you know, it's like there's the drive and there's the historical perspective where you're learning from those that went before you, whether it's family members and teach you those values. But there's also another sort of X factor that I've noticed. Um, you know, we knew each other socially way back and he had at his restaurant. It's one of the only places in town you could walk in and he was there at the front door, knew your name. Um, a lot of his patrons probably had a lot of similar patterns in their um when they'd visit. So knowing what they eat, what they drink, and it was just this interpersonal relationship. And that translated into your tenure as mayor and that, you know, it hasn't been hands off. It's been upfront, very personable, listening to the community, knowing them at a deep level, which is something you don't always see these days in politics. I think a lot of people think that um, a lot of people are kind of self-serving and, and you've always been kind of tr- taken that, that, I won't say customer service, but you've, that, that person, that, that person interpersonal skill, being able to communicate, hear what they're saying. So it's more like, hey, we're all a family. You know, you're making the community a family. So you have any comments on sort of, regardless of what service industry you're in, sort of putting your heart into it and how you treat people, how you listen to people. I think it can kind of really raise the experience that the person giving the service has as well as those on the receiving end. Sure. I'm reminded of something my grandmother told me once. I want to get it right. She said that you are not better than anyone, but you're just as good as everyone else. And uh, when I was growing up in the restaurant, my grandmother made me start washing dishes, bussing tables. And at the time, I was a little upset that I'm the, grand, you know, the owner's grandson and I'm having to wash dishes. And, but it was the greatest thing ever. I'm so glad that she did that because it, it gave me a lot of humility. But it it really allowed me to connect with people from different socioeconomic backgrounds, different racial backgrounds, different religious backgrounds. And that was a very normal thing for me. When I went to the restaurant, it was a it was a hodgepodge of anyone and everyone between employees and customers. So being around people from different backgrounds was something very common to me, something I was always very comfortable with. And uh, I like to think that I'm able to, you know, kind of connect with people as much as I can. Um, We all have different experiences. So I don't claim that I can know the exact experience of someone else, but I can listen to them and I'm willing to listen to them. And I am willing to admit that I have that I don't have the same definition of, of life or the same definition of even our city, Lake Charles, as, as everyone else. Um, but, but I think that the restaurant really gave me some good background on uh, communicating with people. And once again, in a restaurant environment, I mean, man, that's a tough environment. It, it, it is, I'm glad mm-hmm. that I had that job first because working 80-hour work weeks was something that was very common. And it was just not even a thought that you wouldn't work. Um, it actually got to the point where when I wasn't working, I would feel awkward. Or if I was home doing nothing, I almost felt like I was 
doing something bad. Felt guilty. Yeah, I felt yeah, guilty yeah, about yeah, it. Guilty. So now since kids and a wife, that has really changed. <laughs> uh, I'm not, obviously when I became mayor, I stopped running the restaurant. And now I've even taken a further step back by taking on a partner and bringing the restaurant downtown. But, um, but, but yeah, I think connecting with people and having good communication skills is important. And in today's world, oh man, I'm going to uh, be careful how I say this. But, you know, politics and politicians, I think we've lost the art of graceful communication. And we've lost the art of being able to have a, uh, an adult and a very uh, educated and calm conversation. And disagreements are okay. I disagree with people all day long. It makes you I, better in a lot of ways. Well, yeah. I just try to do it in a, in a, um, a respectful manner, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And when I have disagreements, even with other elected officials, we can have some pretty heated disagreements. But when we, when we walk out of that room, I, I'm not going to bash someone publicly. You know, I just, that's not my MO. And uh, when we walk out of that room, I, I still feel like we're on the same team. And, and I, I wish, it, I wish we saw more of that in, in politics. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, man. Um, I would agree with that. And I think that um, the human spirit, we talk about a lot on here. It, everybody has a purpose in life. Um, I think that's really neat, too. What your grandmother said, we're going to have to put that quote out there, man. That's really, really well said. Uh, well, look, that'll kind of toggle our way into one of the, the big projects in your tenure as mayor that, that you've been um, working on, which is Port Wonder, very involved with, and I kind of helped out a good bit of that with you in the beginning. So I, I was kind of boots on the ground a little bit, pretty neat. And that's one of the reasons we wanted to come to you today from the Children's Museum. Um, the museum, I can just speak to that personally, serves the children of um, Southwest Louisiana. It's a, a nonprofit organization. And I would say not as like a, a plea or a cry here, but in a sense, if you, you do feel one of the ways you can serve people is by donations to people who do the physical part of service. And um, right now, the museum is one of the few people hopefully coming out Monday and or after this is out, hopefully it's already happened, we'll be able to open up in some capacity. But all museums are in that genre. So uh, I think that just want to give a little shout out for that because the museum's special to my heart, everyone sitting in this room. But Nick, why don't you tell the, little, the people a little bit about uh, kind of that partnership, your involvement in it, and your care for the youth of the community? Thanks, Matthew. Well, Port Wonder is by far probably the, the most exciting project I've ever been involved with. It's been one of the most difficult, but, <laughs> but also one of the most exciting. And I think that in a few years, I'm going to look back and hopefully say it was all worth it. I, I very much believe I will say that. But yeah, our, our kids matter. Our kids, not to be cliche about it again, but kids are the future. They are the next generation. If you want to invest in a community, invest in, in its youth, invest in the kids. Um, and so every, every progressive city, every city that um, is in line with, with, with modern thought and, and what the community wants has quality of life amenities for families, quality of life amenities for kids. So the Children's Museum matters. And when you look at some of the great southern cities, even some of the cities along I-10, every, every one of them, I think, has a, a pretty stellar children's museum. New Orleans just opened up a brand new children's museum. Baton Rouge opened up a brand new children's mm-hmm. museum two years ago. And um, I am also tired of 
sometimes here in Lake Charles, we think that Baton Rouge, New Orleans, Lafayette, they do great things. On another level. Here, here, they, yeah, they do things on another level. You know, if, if it's going to be a skyscraper, that's going to be New Orleans. If it's going to be a $20 million children's museum, that's state of the art, that's going to be the, uh, the desire of everyone within a hundred mile radius, that's going to be Lafayette or Baton Rouge. And we're going to uh, eliminate that stigma with Port Wonder. So uh, I'm very proud of it. And Port Wonder is the marriage of the Children's Museum, mm-hmm. a brand new Children's Museum, and the Louisiana Department of Wildlife and Fisheries uh, Science and Nature Center. The latter uh, was born out of the uh, BP oil spill uh, settlement. There was some money set aside for recreation. And uh, the city of Lake Charles, not, not the city itself, but this community, uh, had a science and nature center that was awarded in that uh, settlement. So we brought them together. Uh, uh, we, we started talking with you guys, Matthew, you were there early, Allison, of course, and we started thinking about how much sense did it make for the Children's Museum to build a brand new Children's Museum. At that time, it was on the Civic Center's grounds. And then in a distant corner of Southeast Lake Charles, have this Science and Nature Center. Both going to be built around, this, around the same time. Both had roughly the same budgets. So we put them together and we said, let's make two pretty cool projects. One mega awesome uh, historic project. And, and I, I'm, I know this might sound a little dramatic, but I don't know in Lake Charles's history if we've ever had this many public and private partners come together for something of this magnitude. It's fully funded. The construction is fully funded. $20 million plus project. And there's, at this point, probably 20 different funding sources. Mm -hmm. And so, again, when I go back to the difficulty, if you can imagine trying to negotiate contracts and CEAs with 20 different public and private agencies, it's, it's been uh, a challenge, but we're going to get there. And uh, th- those are the kind of things that, that really excite me when we see a community come together to support something like this. And, uh, and I, think, I just think Port Warner is going to be a game changer for Lake Charles. I agree, man. I think that's really neat what you said, investing in the youth. I mean, your own children, hopefully myself, children one day, Allison sitting over there. Well, if you ever want to babysit, let me know. (laughs) I may have your babysitters. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Craig might need to borrow some of that. But yeah, I think the project's going to be really cool and will, again, invest. It's an investment in the youth in a lot of ways. Craig, what do you think about that, man, yourself having kids, et cetera, on that? No, yeah. And I like his comment about, you know, Lake Charles, essentially, they the key gateway to Louisiana when you're coming from Texas. Um, This is the first big town that you experience, and it's beautiful with the waterways, the hunting, the fishing, the gaming industry, and the community. And you should see this, uh, the drawings of Port Wonder. They're quite amazing, and I'm sure we'll have an opportunity to see those pictures um, when this podcast comes out. But just being able to create that experience for the community, because this is already a town that's centered around family, and it's, there's, everybody you know, knows each other to some extent. There's a, there's a, doesn't take long before you know somebody who knows somebody mm-hmm. and they all want to take care of the community. They want to grow. Uh, they want to share. And so as Nick mentioned, you know, getting funding from multiple sources, everybody wants to come together to make it special. And uh, I really can't wait to see it come to fruition. Yeah. Thanks. I think that toggles along with the serving everybody, people wanting to come together for the common cause of it, even down to a shout out to Craig, one of his ventures in life, Crying Eagle. 
Um, and we'll maybe let throw that to Nick here for a second, but our friends out there who we've recorded uh, with Eric, um, shout out to him as well, also wanted to jump into the project uh, and so far as having a uh, place for people to eat located nearby. Um, Nick, do you want to maybe talk a little bit about that too and how that all came about? I will. Thanks. I don't even think we've mentioned, I neglected to mention the location of Fort Wonder oh, yeah. is, is on our lakefront uh, on a, a piece of property that's been woefully underutilized and relatively stagnant for the last 15 years, really since Hurricane Rita. Uh, the iconic eyesore uh, parking garage will be renovated. A lot of people said we should have torn it down by now. And, and trust me, I was getting to that point where I was ready to tear it down. But we are going to renovate it, and it is going to serve not only Port Wonder, but it's going to serve Crying Eagle, which will be next to Port Wonder. Um, and so we, we really just did a, a, a call out uh, to the community to see if there was any interest in someone opening up a restaurant on the lakefront. And uh, the city owns that property, so... There's a, a legal method where you advertise uh, to, uh, to, to solicit any, uh, anyone that's interested in that property for a restaurant, and we did receive uh, one response, and that response was from Crying Eagle. We vetted them. I went through uh, Craig's uh, tax returns real carefully <laughs> and uh, made sure that he was legit, and uh, he Should is. He the flying colors. Yeah, he, he, well, he did okay. I'll say it. There was a few red flags, but he, he did okay. <laughs> Uh, so, so we're thrilled. Uh, I cannot wait to be enjoying Port Wonder with my kids and then maybe stop over at Crying Eagle next door for lunch or dinner with my family. It's just going to be some great synergy and it's going to be a quality of life experience that we just, we, we don't have right now in Lake Charles on our lakefront. Our lake is our most beautiful and one of our most underutilized assets. And we're going to change that with this. And Lake Charles, as you said, Craig, we are the kind of welcoming city to uh, Southeast Texas coming into to Louisiana. And we're going to change the image of this city with this project, uh, Port Wonder, Crying Eagle, renovated parking garage. Uh, people are going to drive past this and say, wow, what's going on there? Something's, something really cool is going on in Lake Charles. No doubt. That's Some awful. fly happenings uh, occurring over here in, in Lake Charles area for sure. And I think it's neat, Nick, just watching you, the passion that comes for, uh, from you talking about it and talking about the things you've done um, serving other people. And I would challenge the listeners, you know, if you are passionate about something to use that passion, because what you do in life, like Craig has alluded to a little bit, uh, can talk along with serving other people, which is pretty neat. Yeah, no, there's a lot of good happenings going on here with the Port Wonder situation, and I'll throw it over to Nick maybe to, to discuss that some as well, but there's good opportunities to serve the community with it. Um, that could be volunteering. Um, it could be donating some money. There's some avenues in which to do that. Um, again, because by doing that, sometimes we might not have the time in life to um, do the physical work that would be involved in the project, but if you can monetarily give to the project, that would be great. Uh, or along with whenever things do come about volunteering. Uh, what do you think about that kind of stuff, Nick? You got something to add on that? I think you hit the nail on the head, on the head, Matt. And, and you need both in life. You need people that mm -hmm. will write checks and you need people that'll be moving chairs at midnight after a fundraiser or, or helping to, to clean up after a fundraiser. Or uh, I, I kind of joke about this when I was running for office for mayor you really you found out who your true friends were when it was time to walk neighborhoods and get people to walk yeah. with you and knock yeah. on doors. You really found out who your true friends friends were. 
But I encourage this community, if, if you do want to support organizations right now, they need your support more than ever. We're talking about the Children's Museum today, and they're about to launch a capital campaign. Uh, please keep your eye out for that, because I just said a moment ago that the building is built, and that's important, but we want the Children's Museum to be sustainable. And so raising money for operations is critical. Uh, we, we don't want to set ourselves up. We don't want to build a Cadillac and then not have enough gas in it after a year or two. We want to set the Children's Museum up for success. This community has supported the Children's Museum for over 30 years, and I believe this community is going to continue to support them. But please be on the lookout for when that capital campaign is launched. And uh, even for those individuals that can't donate, um, reach out to an organization. It can be the Children's Museum or another one who might need, uh, who might need you and uh, in lots of different capacities. I, I said it earlier, and, I, and I'll say it again, that I have not seen a cause or a need that arose that this community didn't respond to. And I think that's a really very cool statement to be able to say. And I don't know yeah, if every community... It says a lot about the community. I, I was about to say, I really don't know if another community could say something like that. Um, just think about after a tragedy, if you hear about a family that's in... a uh, tragedy or, or after a hurricane or natural disaster, this community rises to the challenge and, uh, and I encourage them to do so with Port Wonder as well. You know, Nick, that kind of, I had a quote that I looked at earlier and that you spoke right to it and it's from Mahatma Gandhi and he says, the best way to find yourself is to lose yourself in the service of others. So in whatever capacity that may be. So if you can give your time, talents to a, an organization, um, you know, to help them you know, move the chairs for the fundraisers to participate, or if you you have the treasure and you can give to Port Wonder and help it get off its feet and run and continue to run. Everybody, like we said earlier, you can't take it with you. Um, you won't be here one day. Your your finances won't be here one day, but you have an opportunity to give of yourself to your friends, your family, your community, and, and your treasures as well to help projects like this, which are going to serve the bigger good. You know, your 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 gift of time, talent, treasure is going to going to go on forever. And so that's a what an awesome opportunity for people to participate in that. Absolutely. Yeah, no doubt. And I, I would second something you said, Nick, you can get involved. Uh, the Children's Museum, obviously we're here today and we, we want to speak a lot about that. It's dear to my heart. I served on the board for a while. Serving on a board is something that's a true service. Um, you are giving of your time. Talents could be monetarily, but a lot of times it is the, the time to, to convene, discuss, uh, plan, and, and make critical decisions that can have an impact on, on something uh, that you're involved with. So I think that's a great point you make there, Nick. We appreciate you coming on with us today, and um, we appreciate everyone listening in. And before we wrap it up, we want to go to the question we ask all our guests here uh, that your dear buddy Sean got to, got to answer, and we'll see how you respond here. And the question is, who do you think's driving your car? That is the proverbial car of life. That could be God. That could be you through free will. It could be something like when Jeremy said urgency was driving his life. I thought, man, that is so different. Somebody urgency is driving life. It could be the pandemic going on out there. It could be your wife. It could, could be your kids. Could it could be, be Steve job. trying to figure out his next dance move. And, yeah. You know, trying to figure out how he's going to dance better. I mean, all, all, all the options. Could be memories from Steve at 3 a.m. in the morning, karaoke. And I don't know. <laughs> so what do you think is driving your life, buddy? Man, what's driving my life? Um, I think, um, you know, I want to say something witty. That will be memorable. Uh, my family is, is really the first thing that comes, that comes to mind that drives my life because they are the most important thing. But um, I'll just say, I, I think um, 
a desire to to leave this place better than I found it. Mm. And what drives me every day when I get to work, I'm inspired because I want to do some things that will be long lasting and some things that future generations will be talking about. Um, I, I care about what's written in the history books, not because I care about what someone will say about me, but what someone will say about the things I've done and, and what I've achieved, uh, things that have been good for the community. So um, doing things that'll be lasting and things that'll be around in 100 years, that's what kind of drives me. Man, that's awesome. Beautiful. A little bit different answer was, there. I yeah, like it. I like great. it, man. Be yourself. Great. Switch it up. All right, guys, we do appreciate everyone uh, tuning in today. And Nick, again, we thank you. Allison, thank you for letting us be here at the venue. Uh, we much appreciate that. And we'll leave you with uh, a little Galatians 6-2 action here that Johnny Boy sent us. And that is, carry each other's burdens. And in this way, you will fulfill the law of Christ. And I think that's a, a great uh, verse that John gives because, again, serving others, sometimes we're all in need in life. Craig mentioned that very early on. Uh, just if it's someone even to listen to that needs someone to listen to, you can serve them like that. And, again, we appreciate everyone listening. In, and until next time, we'll catch you later. Ah, Hey, y'all. If you've been enjoying picking up what we've been laying down, subscribe and never miss an episode. Find us on social media and let us know who's driving your car this week. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Who's Driving Your Car Podcast. Perfect timing, sun is shining, nothing more I need. Yeah. If you feel like this your best life, won't you sing with me?